when, when you leave these little get togethers, these little conventions we're at, or even just a gathering, you leave that with an energy and a hungry mm-hmm. feeling that you've never felt. All right, guys, welcome back to the Join Your Podcast. I'm Corey Mortensen, and today I've got a really special guest, Dustin Culp. Tell them who you are, tell them where you're from, and yeah, we'll yeah. go from there. Yeah, my name's Dustin Culp. Um, I'm originally from Illinois, actually, um, a rural town in Illinois. Uh, it's called Charleston. Uh, I went to school there, I uh, went to college there as well. Uh, Eastern Illinois is from Charleston, Tony Romo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I uh, played some sports there, and then after college, I moved to Chicago for a bit. So um, I did Chicago for about four years before I moved to Texas. So I've been in Texas for five years now. So what what is your business? Um, I started out in the roofing business, actually. So mm-hmm. um, I own a, a roofing company, and that's kind of where I got my start in Texas. I wasn't really passionate about roofing, though. Mm-hmm. Um, roofing you know, pays the bills, and does, I do well with it, but... Um, I don't wake up every day saying, hey, I'm really excited to be a roofer. Yeah. So, I mean, what got you into that? Um, To be honest with you, um, I was an insurance agent in Illinois and absolutely hated sitting behind the desk. Yeah. So, when I got to Texas, I had to do something. Um, Uh Roofing was um, there. It was door knocking, actually, to start with. Um, I was knocking doors, cold calling to sell roofs. I moved up in the company rather quickly. Um, It did pretty well. So, I ended up being the vice president of production. Mm -hmm. Uh, Realized I could do it better myself. And actually myself and Colt thought the same thing. So we opened a roofing company together. So Colt's actually one of my business partners, is my business partner in roofing. Mm-hmm. So talk about the early stages of starting that company. What was, so you guys, you know, hey, we can do this better than mm-hmm. the people that we're with, or we think we have a better idea. Right. Let's start a business. What were some of the first steps that you guys encountered in trying to get that started? I mean, the main thing was we learned what not to do already before. Mm-hmm. So our whole topic. Give me, give me an example. Our whole topic, basically just, you know, making sure that you don't rob Peter to pay Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of uh, these roofing companies, they, they take one person's money and they get behind on payroll and they're taking the next person's money to do the person before. Mm-hmm. they're going to go out of business rather quickly. So um, other companies have like a delayed Yes, correct. Payoff? Correct. And it's not, it's not a good way of doing business for the customer or for your sales guys. Mm-hmm. So we tried to change everything that we learned that was the wrong way to do it. And we tried to implement that from day one. So yeah. if, even if we didn't, couldn't pay ourselves for a couple months, we would pay sales guys, we'd pay labor, we'd pay materials. We wouldn't pay ourselves until we absolutely needed to. Yeah. It's a startup. And in the end of the day, it's a startup either way. Um, you don't expect to make money day one. Um, you, it's it's in there for the long haul, really. And and we stuck it out for you know we got we were blessed to um, have myself and Cole on the team, and we kind of knew what we were doing already. Mm-hmm. So we ended up selling ourselves, in all honesty, at first. Um, and it was the best way to get out there and and know what I could make. Yeah. it was in my control. If so. For someone who wants to like take a bigger step or start a company or change jobs or whatever, what advice would you give them? Because that's what you were doing. You just you mm-hmm. guys put yourself out there. You were selling yourselves. What advice can you give, kind of on that same topic? And the main thing is you have to just do it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was very, um, for lack of a better word, I was I was scared um, to do it. Colt was the one that was really gung ho and optimistic about jumping all over it. Because you have to remember, we were going to quit our other job that we had commissions and salaries yeah. at. Yeah. So Did you guys have like a that. bunch of savings or like a, no, like a we decent had, we fallback? Had, I mean, we, saved, we saved our money well. Mm-hmm. Um, we, weren't, we were good business people. However, 
it wasn't enough to say, okay, if we don't do well for a year, yeah. we're going to be in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, nothing to retire on. It, nothing at all. <laughs> and nothing to live even live on. Colt was still in college at the time. I was also uh, married. So uh, my wife also worked with other companies. So once, once we pulled ourselves away and opened up our new one, we're, I'm losing two incomes. Mm-hmm. Even more scary. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Um, but the, the real thing is you just have to do it. Um, I was scared, but in all honesty, that made me want to work harder because I knew I didn't have a paycheck unless I worked. So I, we were working 15, honestly, 15, 16 hour days at first, mm-hmm. just trying to get it up, up and running and, and making it successful. What, I mean, what was kind of taking up the most time during those 15 to 16 hour days? Trial and error. Yeah. Uh, we, we thought we knew what we were doing, which we did for the most part when it came to the sales process. Mm-hmm. Um, there is so much that goes into opening a business that you don't realize until you actually get into a business. Yeah. Um, Did you guys have any mentors or any people kind of guiding you along the way? Or was it just like, yeah, no. Hey, Colt, let's start this business. Uh, Google how to start a business. That's pretty much exactly what we did. Mm -hmm. Um, We we jumped into it and we kind of figured it out on the way. Um, We had an accountant that helped us out throughout the process. Um, we had some some family friends that kind of gave us some pointers. Colton's dad had been in business for, yeah. you know, his his company's over 100 years old. So his dad was able to help us with a lot of things. My father owned the business. He was able to help us a little bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was trial and error. I mean, honestly, we learned things even a year in. We thought we were doing something right. And an attorney or an accountant would be like, guys, well, you've been doing this for the year? We had no clue. You know, mm-hmm. we were out here selling. We wanted to sell. We wanted to be the, the number one sales force in the in the in Texas at first and then nationally we wanted to be the number one national roofing company. Yeah. Um, now that's a long ways away obviously but um, we still have our goals set pretty high. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was definitely a learning experience. Cool. Sure. So when you say because you talk a lot about because you really have to sell yourself mm-hmm. and especially as a startup you really have to people have to buy you before right. they buy any of the business and especially if, even if you watch like Shark Tank that's they'd say that so many times we're buying the person we're buying the team we don't care as much about the product or the business obviously that's a big part of it but so much is really the people and the effort and what you personally are bringing to the table that's so right. what was it that you think people were buying when you guys were selling yourselves what yeah, I mean, was you're first of all you're so right um, I would say even in our business, in any business, 90% of them buying is them buying you, mm-hmm. um, no matter what product you're selling. Um, we've, we've learned that very, um, the very hard way um, with some sales guys that just didn't get that. And we tried to put it in their, in their mind. They just didn't get, they're not buying, they're not buying it, they're buying you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the main thing is that we were actually genuine. Um, we weren't, with the, in roofing, we aren't just roofers. We, we don't even know how to roof. I mean, let's be honest. I know the process. I've never laid a shingle in my life, right? Yeah. We don't know. If you ask me like really technical questions about roofing, I have no clue. Um, so in all reality, they were buying us. So we were trying to get on a personal level with them and, and be genuine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we aren't here for your money. In, in all honesty, we didn't take a deposit up front on any jobs we did. We done it in a handshake and said, we'll, we'll cover the cost. You pay us when we're done. Yeah. Um, that's genuine. That's sincere. They know we're not scam artists. They know we're, we're there for them. Um, and, and we'd work with them, you know, I think it's, it goes a long way. Yeah, and that's kind of a something that I've touched on in with some of the other guests a lot is the selling yourself and almost, uh, I need to find a better term for it, but the, the fake it till you make it mm-hmm. type of, you yeah. know, of well, starting up because it's really, unless you already have everything laid out for you, a lot of kind of growing and moving upwards is faking it till you make it, but... The other part of that, because you could easily just make a, a claim 
right. to move up and to do something bigger. And it could completely fall through because you don't have any of the the tools or any of the resources to actually follow through on your word. So if you're going to fake it till you make it, you have to be able to follow through on what you said and have every kind of intent to do just that. That's right. Actually, Grant Cardone just had a, a, a little video on his Instagram about fake it till you make it. And oh, really? Yeah, it was funny. It, it wasn't even a fake it. His, his look at it was exactly how I look at it. You're not faking it by buying the, the watches and the shoes. That's not faking it till you're making it. Faking it till mm-hmm. you're making it is showing the homeowner or showing your salesperson that your business is way bigger than it is, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know it's you know it's a small little startup. Yeah. But in front of that homeowner, your business is top of the line. Um, same with the sales guys. If you have an inside problem with the company, they don't know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. faking it till they, till you actually make it, and that problem's gone. Uh, so you you hit on at home. I mean, fake it till you make it. Show showcase yourself as being the best in the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I said, if you're gonna do that, you have to be able to follow through. If you don't, if you don't, that's when you fail, and that's when the homeowners. That's when you fail. It's when you get embarrassed. That's when your reputation gets tarnished. That's right. That's All right. of that. But you got. So what was it that really backed up y'all's word? Um, to be honest with you, it was our follow through. You're right. We had a lot of great connections with um, our our laborers. And our suppliers in the, in the roofing industry, so we were coming at it with with multiple people. It wasn't just me and Colt. We had the backing of the supply company. Mm-hmm. We had the backing of our roofers who knew we were credible to pay them, and they could work with us and, and not be scared to not get paid. Which a lot of roofing companies have that problem. Yeah. Um, and the homeowners saw that because we would literally do the whole roof before we even questioned or asked them for a penny. Their roof was on and done. We were out of their driveway, and we're okay. Okay, now we'll collect some payment. Mm-hmm. Um, they had no reason to believe us. I mean, we, if anything else, we're going to be the ones that gets taken advantage of in the end of that situation. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with, you know, door knocking. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, uh, I'm here to do a service you didn't necessarily mm-hmm. ask for, that, but you might need. Uh, pay me now and yeah. I'll, I'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully and, I come And to back. be honest with you, the way we, we sold ourselves, most people actually offered to pay us beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, we would still turn it down. We'd be like, no, we'll wait. Um, but almost all of them offered, hey, can I give you something down? Can I give you a deposit of some sort to, to lock me in? Mm-hmm. Um, most people they wouldn't do that with, right? Yeah. Um, and we've tried to implement that with our sales guys that, you know, they're not, like I said, they're not buying you, they're, they're buying you, not the product. Um, and they're starting to pick it up and it's really cool to see the, the, the change in their sales um, numbers, one, but the excitement when they actually knock a door. Uh-huh. Um, they're like, oh, I can do this now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, even when uh, I was helping you guys out, mm-hmm. and it was just, but that's just kind of the person I am. Like, I enjoy yeah. getting in front of people and talking to people, meeting new people, and stuff like that. But talk about training some of the new guys, training salespeople. Mm-hmm. What is kind of the first things that you guys think about? To be honest with you, Colt's, Colt's the best at this. Um, he's taught me a lot on the whole the, the training of the sales team. He was the sales manager at our previous company, actually. That's what his background was. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest with you, it takes a certain person to sell cold calls, number one. Um, you have to have a confidence about yourself. Um, you can't be scared of rejection because you're always going to have nine no's for one yes. Um, you have to be able to bounce back from rejection when you do feel the rejection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you have to know, honestly, that it's going to take a while to build a pipeline. Yeah. Um, some people want that instant gratification. Uh, that's, again, the fake it till you make it. Uh, aspect we you're not going to get it <laughs> um and if you do it's going to be minute mm-hmm. um, you, you want to build a a brand or in yourself um that is 
they understand the, the the duration of time, not just a month or two months or a year. Um, especially in our company, we're trying to build a a lifetime brand for our kids and our future. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a one and done. Uh, we may never sell it. We might keep it forever for our family. Yeah. That that kind of brand. Yeah. You know. So what's one what's one of the biggest problems that you have with with salesmen or training salesmen or anything? Not being able to feel, deal with the rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, give well, give me an example. Um, taking things personally, um, you know, if someone says no, um, yeah. the, the main thing is taking it to heart um, and not being able to, um, just realize that's not the one, mm-hmm. right. Um, the one, the next one's the one after that or the one after that. Yeah. Um, just keep it going. Um, so how do you, how do you handle that when they bring that up or when it, they take it personally? Positive reinforcement, um, working on themselves, self-help stuff, um, motivational Motivational speakings, um, videos, uh, podcasts. I mean, I listen to podcasts daily. Um, mine are a little bit more fun and, and not so much about self-growth, but I, I love Joe Rogan podcasts, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's the kind of guy that he doesn't take one person's side, right? He takes everyone's side. He, he likes to hear everyone's opinion. Yeah. And he'll base his, his assessment off that off all that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um I love that kind of stuff. That's the best way of reading people um, and understanding people and being able to communicate with people and in the end selling them. Yeah. Um, it's being able to relate to how they feel. Yeah. Um, so those kind of podcasts I love. Honestly, how you can talk to people and see other people have a conversation with someone mm-hmm. and how, how they can just manipulate the conversation. I think that's, you talking about mindset, that's a huge part of growth and to stay on topic, sales. Because if you don't have the mindset, if you don't have the foundation just ready and practiced and set in you already, then you're kind of already behind a little bit. And I think where a lot of companies or managers or staff or whatever fall behind is they don't practice. They all know what a sale looks like. They all know what a sale is. It's making a call. It's talking to a customer. It's following up. It's closing the next meeting and then it's closing the sale and getting the payment. That's all the literal side of it, but everything that you miss on and where people fall short of when you start to see failure and people taking it personally and then people dropping out and getting frustrated is they don't have it, they haven't practiced it, or they're not being shown the right mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about what your mindset is and how that plays a part in your life. Right. Um, well, a lot of that stuff also can be... Um manipulated with a hard close or a hard sale um they some people take uh no rather quickly and just okay fine shut down maybe no's not no <laughs> yeah that's where i've gotten that's that yeah. but that's what the the summer because i did car sales yeah. did you know that i did i, know I did that. car no. sales okay. uh summer my junior year of college yeah and that did a ton for you know my ability to talk to new people uh-huh. cold call be a salesman type stuff like that yeah. but it, but being in the car lot especially made me a hard seller. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, same with this. Maybe a no isn't a no. It's just I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, it's not that they, they, they don't want it. It's that they don't know what you're selling them. Mm-hmm. You haven't explained it well enough. Right. Um, and that's another thing that's to touch on is um, with the new sales guys, and, and this took me a while, is you got to know your product. Oh, um, I knew that was coming. You know, you can, <laughs> um, you can sell all you want, but people will see right through you um, if you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, especially with me, even you know, if I don't know a topic, I'll, I'll freeze up, I'll clam up, I won't know what to say. But when I actually know what I'm talking about, I'll be confident. I'll have you know a, a, 
a presence about me because I know that no matter what they ask, I have an answer for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're knowledgeable on what you're talking about, then you can speak to that effect. That's and that right. makes you more credible to whoever you're talking about. It makes you the authority. It mm-hmm. makes you the go-to guy. So anything you're whatever role i think you're in you have to know the ins and outs of the product or the service or your company or whatever it is you may be doing because when somebody has a question and you can just answer it right away without having to delay and say i I don't know right now which is fine when you're early on you're learning but further down the line you should know what you're talking about and it's a huge point of contention between being a salesman mm-hmm. or being in closing anything. Yeah. So you have to know what you're talking about. Cause I'm talking to like, I'm getting the DJing stuff and I'm trying right. to talk to more DJs and, and figure out more about the, the equipment mm-hmm. and the software and everything. And it's like, I don't even know what questions to ask yet. And they're like, Oh, what are you working with? You know, what's this and that? And then I'm like, uh, no <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I've been doing this for like a month. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just did a four hour set. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's just, awesome. just winging it. But yeah, no, I mean, knowing it and having the knowledge behind it does make you more credible. But so I want to talk more about you and kind of your set of values. What What is the thing that you hold to be most valuable in your life? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. I mean, there's so many, so many things that I... I think that in myself that I appreciate about, um, I guess it's the way I've grown up or my dad and, and mom instilled in me, right? My dad's a little bit of a hard ass in all honesty. Um, mm. He's a tough guy, um, but he's also never quit on anything. Um, I hate quitting and I hate losing, um, sometimes to a fault. I'm super competitive uh, with myself, basically. Mm. Um, I don't have to beat you, um, but I definitely want to beat the old me. Yeah, right? not letting yourself down. Is, that's right. That's really big That's right. And cool. I've had you know multiple setbacks in my life. Um, and to be honest with you, a lot of them break you pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you bounce back from it um, and, and beat the, the previous you? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's kind of what my main thing is. Um, I, I don't like failing at anything I do. Yeah. Um, I don't look at it as a failure. I look at it as a step forward on something else right yeah and i think that's the biggest um the biggest thing in my life that i try to focus on uh, personally is to, to never just fail maybe reset rewind uh, you know redirect your focus but don't ever quit mm-hmm. so that's i mean that's perfect that was it kind of answers the question that i wanted to ask but it was gonna be how do you deal with failure right that's a tough one too uh, depends on what you're failing in i guess um Personally, I mean, I was I was married for six years. My biggest failure so far has been I got divorced. Um, you know, it felt like I was I lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was needed. Don't get me wrong. It was much needed for both of us. It was a very uh, very mutual situation where we we were not on the same page. Yeah. However, my my mindset is I failed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that one took me months to figure out. Okay, like, did I do something wrong? Um, did she? What can I? What could I have done different? Right? Yeah, a ton of ruminating. All, goes all into that, that reminiscing about what if, what did I did, what I could have done better, um, and I think that really molds you into again. That's how you bounce back. Is you realize I could have done this, so now you're focused on next time. I know mm-hmm. I need to do this. Yeah, um, I think you just learned from it. I learned a lot from it. I'm sure she did too. Uh, it just it changes you into a better person every time you have a setback. Mm-hmm. If you use it the right way. Now, if you just let that setback sit you on your ass, <laughs> you're going to go nowhere. Yeah. But if once you get up and keep going and, and implement those changes, it's going to set you on a whole new new atmosphere. Exactly. And you said it 
just a second ago, bounce back. The yeah. bounce, and that's something that I've been saying more and more and practicing, especially this year. Now mm-hmm. that I'm, I've been trying so many new things and trying to figure out what it is I want to do, what I want to work on. But it's a lot of that. You encounter failure and setbacks, but I've just been adopting that bounce back mentality. Like yeah. no matter what, like anytime I get anxious or fearful of a situation, and it very well might fail or be something that has a setback yeah but i've just been moving forward with a bounce back mentality like it's just no matter what happens i'm gonna take it i'm gonna learn mm-hmm. from it and i'm not gonna let it get me down or be embarrassed i'm just gonna take it and i'm gonna try and figure out what i could have done beforehand and anything in preparation because if you really go into things with a bounce back mentality yeah you really can't yeah. fail you're you right. really can't. We, the only time you fail is when you just you you when let you it stop. get to you. Yeah. 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 There's there's no. I mean, in my mind, there isn't a failure. Um, if if you if you lose, you you get knocked down, as what people would say, fail. Mm-hmm. That's to me, that's not a failure at all. You just you've you've gotten yourself that much better or that much closer than you wanted to be before. You you want to you want to have an end goal. You might not make it to the top of Everest your first go. Mm-hmm. You might make it seventy percent, and you know you know the next time. I know how to get to at least 70%. Yeah. So you can go a little bit higher, 85, right? You might get knocked back down. Next time, I know how to get to 85. Yeah. 100 is going to be easy now. Exactly. So it's not a setback. It's and just then, stepping stones. And any step of the way, as long as you're taking you know, one more step or getting back up, you're still a mile ahead of the person that is still thinking of doing it. Exactly. There's always, you know, my friend Holly reminded me that even when you are in a bad situation, you think in your life, there's a countless number of people who can only hope and think and pray to be in the situation that you're in. in. Yeah. To drive the car that you think is a piece of crap car, to be in the apartment that you don't think is good Mm -hmm. enough to have the job that you hate going to every day, but they would do absolutely anything day in, day out Mm -hmm. to just even have an interview to. So having, uh, that was a good reminder and I'm glad she reminded me of that because that having that appreciation for what you have because I'm so easy to discount because I'm I'm so ADD about trying new things and trying to grow and and do more and more that I get upset with where I'm at Mm -hmm. or if I'm not going anywhere if I feel like I'm stagnating you're never satisfied with where you're at right yeah you're content but you're not satisfied yeah and it's it's just goes with the ambition but it's but that's a good humbling thing Uh, to have is to remember that no matter what there are people who wish and hope and pray that they could be where I am, and I—it's yeah. good to remember that. But when I when I first moved to um, to Texas, I'll just—I don't tell a lot of people this, but I, might as well, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was me and my ex-wife, um, wife at the time. We moved down here. I quit my my dad's insurance business um, and took a job that was lower paying than what he was paying me before. Obviously, um, we did it for you know three months here. And I remember going out to dinner one night and uh, ran the card and it said decline. I'm like, well, it's going to decline, what? And I asked her, you know, did you, what's, what's going on? She's like, well, I paid the bills today. Mm-hmm. And uh, my next question is, okay, how much we got left? And she said $6. $6 on my bank account. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of, that was the humbling moment for me. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, yeah. some people have it a lot worse. I remember when I was a lot That's worse. It. Yeah, it's when a humbling experience you when you go pay for. Where I you're can't at. pay for freaking Denny's right now. You know, uh-huh. um, six dollars, and I remember going, "Oh my gosh, um, I got to do something different." Yeah, um, is that was that the moment for you that was kind of the catalyst into 
I've got to do more. I've got to make a change. Absolutely. I remember walking to the pawn shop the next day, selling my Xbox, selling a guitar I had, going, this is the last time I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm never going (laughs) to have... I'm not going to do this again. My car declined at a restaurant like that again. Yeah. Especially, I I was older at that point. I I obviously transitioned from a stable salary to something different. Mm -hmm. And... um, it was expected, but it wasn't expected to be six dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're like, I can I can get this one. I got yeah. this one. So no, yeah, that was definitely a, a transition in my life mm-hmm. for sure. So what 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 catapulted you into the next step? That was kind of the catalyst. What what did you do after that? Was that when you started? That's when I got into the roofing company. Yeah. Okay. So I I, I worked for another. That was when I said I'm going to start selling because I was in a salaried based um, business before with my mm-hmm. company. I had no room to grow at that point. So what I was making was what I was making for two of us. And did you did you just innately have like what I well, let's just call it salesman qualities? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can. And is I, that I can what kind much, of you, yeah. just, you didn't like sitting down? You don't like the salary? Are you the type of guy that you like to earn what you make and you I, like to see what you I'm, can make? It's hard for like me that? to have a boss for sure because I, I I think they put. Um, limits on your abilities in a lot of situations yeah <laughs> um not only that but uh i'm not good with taking direction when i think it's wrong mm-hmm. and i won't i won't i won't kiss someone's ass to to grow i won't do it and um in the business i was in you had to mm-hmm. and I, I refused. i'm i'm the same <laughs> way i hate when i'm i'm given direction that i don't think is the best direction and i respect you know their tenure and their experience mm-hmm. but you know, when I hear something that I don't think is is right or the right way to do it, mm-hmm. and I'm told that's the way to do it, right. it's it's really like unempowering right. to you. I mean, you Absolutely. really have to like tuck your tail between your legs and just move forward. Mm-hmm. And but that and that goes into even if you do follow that advice and you're not full a hundred percent on it, mm-hmm. that hurts you and them anyway because mm-hmm. now you're not confident in what you're doing or your actions or anything, and it's a huge setback yep. to everybody especially if it's a moral a moral dilemma yeah you know, yeah the, exactly you know, yeah not even just like like oh i'm not sure yeah. if that's the right way to do this yeah. like an ethically or morally questionable like you don't agree with it direction yeah i, I refuse to do that yeah so. which a lot of sales companies and people they get put in that situation right. yeah quite a bit and that's that's something that you struggle with when you have a boss mm-hmm. or when you work for a and you have to because so many like I mean, let's mm-hmm. put it in perspective of like people who are just graduating college. Yeah, I, I mean, know, so yeah. many entry level positions mm-hmm. are sales because of that. You have to start from the bottom. You have to grind yeah. and you have to do the, the, you know, the junk job, which is the sales position and yeah. cold calling all that. And not all companies are made the same. No, no, no. And, and that's where you, you talk about um, how did it happen for us when we just jumped into it, right? It would be hard to do. If you didn't have any background, so working for the company was a blessing. You know, working for a boss for a year mm-hmm. definitely taught me a lot about the the industry. So I wouldn't change the fact that I, I actually did work for a company and had a boss and had to take orders and had responsibilities. That molded me and, and taught me the business. I wouldn't wouldn't know what I was even you know getting into. To open yeah, you wouldn't have anything to compare That's what it. you're doing now That's against. That's it. So I, I don't think it's something that when I say jump into it. <clears throat> Don't jump into something that you have no knowledge of. Do your research. You mm-hmm. know, understand what you're getting into. Exactly. Uh, some people will just say, "I'm going to do this." Do you know anything about it? Yeah. No, but I'm going to figure it out. 
Mm-hmm. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, put it put it into the perspective of like that gig that I just did. Right. The only reason I was able to actually come out of that alive mm-hmm. was because I had actually I knew about it. I had practice. You know, I've had controllers right. for like a year or two, but I've just kind of played around with them and fooled mm-hmm. them. But I knew the basics of it. Right. I had practiced. I had worked on it. I had played a couple times at like parties or whatever. So I had a little bit there. But if I was just like day one, hadn't mm-hmm. even bought anything yet. Right. And was like, yeah, I'll play your party. That'll be great. I think it would turn out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, it would have been a disaster. Yeah. I, it literally just would have been, oh my God. And, and <laughs> it would have been terrible. That. And that's the thing, not obviously DJing, but people do that. They, yeah. they say, you know, I can do it better. I'm going to do this. I don't need to work for you anymore. I'm going to start my own business. Mm-hmm. And they, they jump into it without doing any research. They haven't talked to anybody. No, they haven't set nothing, anything up. They just quit all. their job. and they I feel no, like, they, Yeah, they have no goal. They have no they have no set plans. It's just, I'm going to do it. I feel like half the people that are in Austin. I feel like it's a lot of Austin. Do that. Because there's exactly. so many people who are like, yeah, I just quit my job and mm-hmm. moved to Austin the next day. Literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, okay. Now what? Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right good i'm all for that (laughs) like you've got to do a little bit more prep work preparation to not just move to austin and then start working at starbucks yeah and practice i mean (laughs) practice your trade like that's it goes back to knowing your trade Uh, our sales went up through the roof when we actually knew what we were talking about right yeah i'm selling i make a couple sales here and there but when i actually knew what i was selling Mm -hmm. you would see your sales go double or triple it's an, it's night and day, and you yeah. and when you're at that point, you actually want to talk to more people. You, you want to talk about it. Gets it gets exciting. Yeah, you, the, the adrenaline you get when you make a sale is unreal. You know, I don't sell much anymore as far as the roofing company goes. I sell my other business, but with roofing, I, I still got it once a month maybe and make a sale, or I'll get a call, a call and I'll close it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an exhilarating feeling again. <laughs> I forgot yeah. what it feels like having to close somebody a deal. buy from you. Yeah. Is is a even if never... it's so small as ten thousand dollar roof, and I'm like feels good to close a ten thousand dollar deal right yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's cool so what is let's talk about you some more let's let's yeah. what are some of what is your greatest skill what would you consider your greatest skill to be and what would your greatest weakness be mm. uh they're basically the same thing i'm very good at communicating with people mm-hmm. very good at, at speaking with people and, and and getting them to to buy into me or what i'm speaking about mm-hmm. but i also uh have a short fuse when it comes to speaking to people <laughs> so um my greatest strength is talking to people and my worst my worst attribute is probably talking to them too aggressively <laughs> <laughs> i mean what what so talk about i mean the weakness side of that what yeah. what is kind of what where does that come from i i'm i'm hard pressed to give people the benefit of the doubt when i can see through you know who, who they're really who they really are what they're really showing me mm-hmm. um maybe i have too much of a snap judgment on that aspect um but yeah if, if i just have a bad vibe about someone the way they're holding themselves or you know degrading in their in the way they're talking about stuff or to me or to anyone for that matter mm-hmm. um, it's hard for me to take them serious um <laughs> you yeah. know honestly and it just it rubs me the wrong way so sometimes i have a a short fuse with them i just you know i'm already checked out when they're yeah trying to do, do you think thing. do you think you having that snap judgment is is right no of course not and that's why it's a negative thing for me uh-huh. <laughs> um however i do think it helps me um that snap judgment helps in my favor a lot when it comes to being able to read someone and how to change my um my way of talking to them to get on their level. 
Mm-hmm. So I think the snap judgment is is definitely needed where you can get if they're are they analytical are they a driver you know what kind yeah. of conversation are they and that kind of, and as a you know a business owner and you, where you're dealing with other people mm-hmm. so much you do have to have a Absolutely. sense of a snap judgment good at reading people instead mm-hmm. of just taking everybody at, at mm-hmm. face value and things like that but I see what you can mean yep. whereas when you take that judgment a little too seriously or a little too far right in terms of you know what could actually be behind right. what they're Meaning. Right. It's sometimes you have to take a step back and be able to, even though you're angry or frustrated at the way they're communicating or the way they're saying things, um, try not to hear what they're, how they're saying it, but listen to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes I just hear the how they're doing it and not the actual what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, not just, um, you know, guys in sales, but, you know, relationships or your, your family members. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you just hear how they're doing it. And exactly. I think a lot of it has to do with, like you said, our personality types are, are go, go, go. So when someone tries to bring us down a little bit, kind of, it's kind of, whoa, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, at least that's how I am. You know, if I'm on a go and I'm on, on a roll, I want to keep it going. Um, and when that, the conversation turns negative or... or yeah, you're just, come on, come yeah. on. Why? Yeah, what? <laughs> hey, what? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I do think that's a, something, um, this is a personal struggle for me that I love to work on all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, going back to it, the reason I asked that question is because people don't always analyze what their strengths are, or maybe they do just focus on their strengths and they forget what their weaknesses are, or they know either of them, but they have nothing to back up how they're improving either Mm -hmm. side. So Yep. It's good to hear that you recognize both sides of that yep. and are making and I and I still get actions uh, to re- improve both reminders sides. daily from my business partners. You know, yeah. <laughs> on calls you'll get that random text like "chill out, Dustin." <laughs> <laughs> but it's good because I already acknowledge that it's um, sometimes um, sometimes a blessing, but sometimes a curse to have that trait. Mm-hmm. So it's good to get that reminder. Like now is a negative time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's good. So yeah. tell me. What's what's the biggest lesson that you've learned recently? Man. Or throughout your life or any of these ventures or whatever. I mean, what's the biggest lesson that you can think of? To be honest with you, uh, that's tough too. Um, yeah, um, to be honest with you, change is inevitable. <laughs> um, you know, you think you're on the right path and right when you think everything is going smoothly, uh, it derails or you have a setback or... Uh, there's a roadblock in front of you that's five miles long. Um, that, that's kind of, that's happened recently. Um, not recently, but there were some setbacks in, in some, some business transactions that were going on with us. And it was, it was humbling one because you think you're on the right path and then you do a 360 and you go, oh, I'm back to where I thought I wasn't, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and that's tough when you think tough. you've got it all figured out and then it's always how it happens, right? Like you think everything is going good, smooth sailing, universe is one, and then one thing happens and it just brings everything back to mm-hmm. zero. And that and that's that's where we talked about before is 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 that a failure or is that just a setback, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're both the same thing in my eyes, but it's the way you you use it and build on it. Um, they weren't failures at all. What we went through, yeah. Um, they most people could have took them that way. Um, we looked them out as a um, actually, we looked at it as a stepping stone forward. <laughs> it, yeah. was, it wasn't even a negative thing. It wasn't a step back. It was a step forward for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, literally the best analogy of that is someone pulled the chair out from under you. Mm-hmm. Do you stay down or do you get mm-hmm. right back up at the table? Right. And in this instance, we thought we actually didn't even go to the ground. We caught our balance and kept going. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a cool feeling. 
we're still having daily setbacks. We always do. Everything does. Everyone does in their personal life, right? Uh, but I think, again, those are things where you, you're just growing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the day you, you don't have anything to change, you quit growing. I right. Mean, you know, I'm breaking my muscles down in the gym every day. Uh, I'm, break, I'm literally breaking them down so they grow. Yeah. I mean, the same thing applies in business. You, you, you break down a, a way of doing something or a sales process. You yeah. break it down to make it 10 times better the next time. Right. So, yeah. I mean, where do you think people, I mean, where do you think people just get it wrong or where they're just, they can't see a way out or up or anything? What, what do you think plays the biggest part in all that? I, I personally think they just give up. I think it's just um, they hit a point to where they don't, they don't see themselves succeeding. Um, they start blaming other people mm-hmm. um, for things that are going wrong or what they can't I would get agree to with do that. instead of actually looking at themselves and saying, well, I could do this myself and, and, or I could figure this out myself rather than you know, blaming on someone else. Uh, you know, we've all been at fault for something like that in the past, I'm sure. I mean, I, I've done that multiple times where you ask someone to do something and, and then you blame them when they did it wrong when you literally could have just done it yourself, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, or figured it out yourself. And, and that's a big part of failure is not looking at yourself and saying, okay, you know, maybe I was the problem or maybe I could have done it different. Mm-hmm. Um, don't blame everyone else. Yeah. No need. The other, yeah, I think another part where you could take a branch off of that one and it's, it's not playing the victim. Mm-hmm. Choosing not to be the victim anymore and really taking what happens in your life in your own arms or in your own hands because everyone can say oh i had a bad day because of this this happened someone cut me off or my job is crap because Mm -hmm. of this or that blah 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 i mean there's a million Mm -hmm. excuses where you could be the victim but if you flip it and you really say no i could have actually smile i could just smiled (laughs) it out i could have just done something one extra thing and it would have made my day so much better and then you know just little things that you can do to improve how your day goes i mean literally just at that, at that level but i like what you said people don't believe in themselves they don't and i think that is a big thing because a lot of people that i talk with you know they're just doing their thing and i'm, I'm like and they tell me because i always like to figure out what people want to do because i want to help and i'm like well, why don't you do it yeah why don't you try it and they they literally immediately they immediately just I can't do it. Yeah. They discount themselves. They don't believe in themselves. Okay. And I want to figure out what I can say to them then or on the show or anything to boost that and to, to get that out of their mindset to mm-hmm. really, I mean, tell them what their mom told them when they were little yeah, and that you right. can do anything. Yep. I mean, a lot of that, I mean, has to do with um, them one, maybe touching a little bit of taste of success. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be something so small as knocking a door, right, and getting one sale, and they go, oh wow, I can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they maybe they have failed nine times, and they quit on nine. Mm-hmm. And number ten was the time that they were going to get that yes. Right. Right. Yeah. And they might have just restarted all over, and they're going to do the same exact thing in a new industry. <laughs> quitting, quitting too early. Yeah. Right. Exactly. A lot of it also, I think, has to do with feeling confident, right, and and not only about about the way you talk. But the way you perceive, um, I have a business partner. His name's Matthew Rosa. He he's part of my my wellness clinic, Streamline Wellness, and he also has his own business called IML. He's mm-hmm. an IML, and um, he he was definitely not uh, an unathletic or overweight guy, but he he got on a program and and lost I think 
18 pounds. Yeah. Um, started working out hard, getting strong, um, saw the results, saw the body change. Uh, and what he does is, is he speaks in front of thousands of people, you know, weekly, um, motivational speaking, um, you know, talking um, a lot about his, his, his products that he sells. And uh, he told us afterwards that he had never felt um, so confident on stage anymore once he changed his personal appearance mm-hmm. for himself, not for anyone else. It was the way he saw himself in the mirror. Yeah. Right. So again, it's all about you and how you feel. If you know your product, great. If you look in the mirror and hate what you see, exactly, you might still not have the confidence. And I and it. I said this on the I haven't posted it yet, but I said I mentioned this to the last guy. People spend so much time looking at their screens and not enough time looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And what that really means is so many they just play this comparison game all the time, and it's so easy now with you know Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. and everything, and to see everybody who's doing what you want to do or looks the way you do or whatever and you never really take a second to look because you never to look back at you mm-hmm. and say what am i doing what can i do to get there what are the next steps i can take how do i want to view myself instead of i'm just viewing everybody else yeah. and yeah. i think that is one of the biggest problems that you know young people our generation but i think that transfers to everybody oh absolutely absolutely i mean my dad was um i learned a lot from my dad but he was also a very negative person, um, you know, um, doom, gloom, um, always thinking the worst, always expecting the worst. Um, I've tried to, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I tried to change that for myself. Uh, I'm still a realist. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I have some optimistic side to me, mm-hmm. but in, in realms of our business partners, I'm the more realist way of looking at things. I yeah. guess it's the way I was molded. Um, I do try to be more optimistic and not see the negative and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, based off of what my dad used to do and I, I remember growing up and hearing you know watching every news channel on the book you know Fox News you know, 23 hours to 24 hours a day on the TV um, just thinking the worst and uh, that was tough for me to be around and, and to this day when I go over and visit them when, when they're talking negative or talking about whatever it is politics whatever it is I just try to shut it down and be like let's let's be positive guys you know mm-hmm. they're 70 year old parents and I'm trying to tell them to continue to stay positive <laughs> yeah I think it's going to help them live longer. I mean, I really do. I think them being positive and having a more optimistic outlook on life is is good for your health. Mm-hmm. And um, good and for- I mean, at the very basic, it's just nicer to be around. A hundred percent. You know, when your parents ask you, why don't you like to stay and visit very often? Well, because we're talking about negative things. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if you want to come over for the Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's like, oh, is it, are we thankful or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like what now? Yeah, type right. Of stuff. Yeah. I've, yeah, I feel. The like- older my parents have gotten, the better they've, they've, they've gotten to. I think they've seen me kind of change a little bit for them. Mm-hmm. I think that's helped them a lot. And I think, uh, I think it's good for everyone to be around someone positive, right? Yeah, and I, that was one of the things that I'm glad you said that because that reminds me of what I wanted to mention is when people want to take that next or they're trying stuff and they quit earlier, they start comparing or whatever, they stop. Having a support base mm-hmm. and people around you in a community with you mm-hmm. is so important. Huge. I think no people don't talk about that enough. Mm-hmm. And having people behind you, having people with you, who are all doing similar things and have the same mindset as you, that's what's going to yeah. really cultivate your growth and your success. And those are the people that are going to boost you. Absolutely. Because, I mean, Absolutely. that's that's what I found now. I mean, started when mm-hmm. I 
came to the entre minded stuff because yeah. I knew that was the environment that I wanted to be in. Yeah. I knew that was one of the end goals in my life and things like that. But I, at the very base, I just knew those are the people that I want in my life. You have to surround yourself with them. Yeah, exactly. And now, I mean, and it just comes back to those, like, I just put it out there to the these people who all share the same mindset and values. Mm-hmm. So I want to try this. And in like a week, I had that gig. Yeah, you immerse like, yourself in it. Yeah, and, but yeah. it just goes back into having a community that supports you. And I think that is the first step for anybody that wants to, because that's my next question is what do you think people need to do to make a change? Mm-hmm. And I want you to answer this too, but I'm going to yeah, no, finish mine. And But it, the first step, in my opinion, is that you need to find people who share similar values. Because I think when you're, you start to think you need to make a change, I think that starts with who you're with mm-hmm. who you're around and things like that i mean i agree but give me your take on that no i agree 100 percent. i think being around positive people produces positive results um, i think uh you, you've heard this saying a million times i'm sure you never want to be the smartest person in the room mm-hmm. no i want cliches that's said on this show like i have like yeah give me the cliche stuff yeah. because people need to actually hear it in the context that we're talking because about. it's true it's true it's 100 percent true you never want to be the smartest person in the room um, a good thing about my business partners is we're a close-knit group, right? We keep our circle tight, but we we are surrounding ourselves. Our circle is surrounding ourselves with people who are way more successful than us, mm-hmm. know way more about life and business than us. Exactly. You know, we immerse ourselves in it. And when, when you leave these little get-togethers, these little conventions we're at, or even just a gathering, you leave that with an energy and a hungry Mm-hmm. feeling that you've never felt yeah honestly like I, the entre minus stuff every single yeah. one of those meetings that i'm done with and they're done at like 10 o'clock like whatever on a weekday mm-hmm. i'm fired up Excited. i'm ready to run through a wall after those things it's crazy like we'll, we'll go to miami we've been to miami a lot this year actually but um two of our business partners live down there every time i come home i'm so hyped to mm-hmm. continue to grow my businesses like every time it doesn't matter what we've done there it doesn't matter why we're there being around those, like you said, positive people and that positive energy just does something to your soul. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really does. It resets you. And no matter what, what place you are in life, it resets you. So I, to be honest with you, I think if you're having a hard time um, starting a business, succeeding in business, succeeding as a sales guy, surround yourself with positivity. Mm-hmm. Surround yourself with people who have been there, who are now succeeding and see their energy and feed off of it. Um, yeah. They're going to tell you how they how they started. They're going to tell you their setbacks. Mm-hmm. And they're going to tell you all the positive things about it. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, that's perfect. Because I was going to, like, I like to talk about, like, the, the high-level stuff. But I also like to talk about, like, specific things people can do. Because I feel like people just give so much open-ended advice. And you're mm-hmm. still left. You're like, oh, that was good. And then yeah. it ends. And you're like, okay, well, you know, what do I really do? Yeah, what? But what you can really do is, like you just said, find someone who's already doing what you're doing. Who you kind of want to, you know, emulate. Mm-hmm. And ask ask them if you can spend some time with them. That's it. And then the other thing is, if you can't find someone like that or you don't really know who to ask, but you want to start doing something else, start a meetup. Because mm-hmm. you, may, you may not know anybody mm-hmm. who is doing what you want or the people that you want to spend time with, but there are people out there. There is a yeah. niche That's for it. every niche, yeah. and it is a huge group of people mm-hmm. that are out there. So if you... And meetup.com is where so many of these people are getting started yeah. and they become an authority on it by just start, starting these little meetups. It's genius. <laughs> and, but then you get this community going and the yeah. startup and, and everything and it just becomes a really organic place where now you're 
affecting change in your yeah. life and other people's lives. And you're, you're, you're networking with people from all different demographics, all different business types. Uh, you're, you're, you're learning something no matter what. Mm-hmm. It might not even be your industry that you're meeting people, but you're learning things about business in general. Yeah. And I, I like a really wide scope of I agree. approaches and knowledge. I don't like to have the same people mm-hmm. from all the same backgrounds around me. I like to have a like a very multivarious, mm-hmm. whatever the word I'm going for yeah. here is, like no, approach to stuff. Absolutely. And that's, and that's how I actually, I, um, you know, you, you think about it, that's how I'm in multiple businesses now. Roofing is just one of them. But... I learned a lot of it from from friends like like Cody Cooper. He's he's been on your your podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a realtor, and that he, one's good. Yeah. I haven't added it yet, but we talked about a lot of good stuff. Yeah, no, awesome. he's he was on it, and and he uh, he's a realtor, and I, I flip houses. Me and Colt flip houses too, and I've I've called him a thousand times, asking questions about real estate. Like, can I do this? You know, if, if I sell this house, is, can I can I sign this paper right here? You know, mm-hmm. um, but I'm. Yeah, I've gained the knowledge from someone else, and then now you're starting to be I'm st- a real estate investor, exactly. entrepreneur. Exactly. Yeah. I'm learning trades. No matter if it's the trade, the, the the industry I'm in, I'm learning other industries while I'm doing it, and it makes you it makes you a, a triple threat. Yeah, <laughs> for lack of a better word, I mean you can you can capitalize so many areas. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we're talking about this. So much of like when I was going through college and like trying to figure out, you know what I want to do, what I want to major in, my job, blah, blah, blah. And I've always had a really wide range of interests. And I've never been able to focus on just one thing that I really like at a time. Like It's always been multiple things for me growing up and all the way up to now. Mm-hmm. And I can't be the person, I'm always going to be the person that's always got a few irons in the fire. And so many people that when I was like growing up and everything recently like no say laser focus on one thing and that is the right way (laughs) i know it is i know it is but for some reason i can't do it are you the same way i I think i think i have a different look at it i I think it could be the right way but i think there's there are different facets to that um i have a way of looking at to where i have my income project which is my my stable income business Mm -hmm. i have a passion project which is something I'm super passionate about. So I have one for income right now. I have a passion project, which I have fun with that hopefully turns into something cool and, and makes yeah. me money too. And then I have a long-term project, which I'm hopefully setting up for the future. You know, So you have to have, the, the main thing is you have to have income now. Without the income now, you don't have either of the other two. Yeah, and you're not even going to be able to focus because if you it. can't comfortably if you're, if, eat, sleep, If you're sleep living paycheck to paycheck, you have no chance at your passion project. Mm-hmm. You have to have income now. So that's my now. Yeah. My passion project then is something that I'm super, super into. Something that excites me. Something that gets me awake every day thinking about it. Um, something that maybe you know helps others or helps myself mm-hmm. in some way. My long-term project is something that... I'm, I'm growing so in the next five to 10 years, I can sell it or I can, um, I can start making money then. I've been putting the, the, the bricks down. Now I have a foundation up. I'm ready to build a, build a whole house on it. Yeah. So I have three different things uh, is the way I see it. And, and those are my three businesses now, actually. Um, the passion project is fun. It's something I'm more interested in. The roofing is my income now. Mm-hmm. Um, flipping houses this makes me some money here and there, but I want to ramp it up to where um, I'm, I'm flipping houses on the daily, you know, yeah. um, those are my three projects right now. So I guess that is kind of what I ended up doing because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, cause I'm in, you know, my job is real estate, but I love real estate. Yeah. I absolutely love everything about real estate yep. and I'm passionate about it. 
and that's my income. Right. It's also my long term. I'm going to be doing that my whole life. Yeah, of course. And that's what's going to build wealth for me Mm -hmm. and going to be my big knowledge base. But my passion now is coming up on the DJing stuff. Like I I really, I was hooked, dude. I mean, it was so much fun. And you want your passion product to make you money, which yeah and it's a great great way to make some side income and potentially could blow up could blow up exactly and but yeah i mean i think that's a great way to look at if you have multiple interests Mm -hmm. how to structure it that's it because you really can because i'm i'm the same way i'll burn out i'll get a lot of things going and i'll burn out that's kind of my way of trial and error and i think everybody kind of has i don't think it's a bad thing i truthfully don't because i think that's one of the ways you find what you really do like mm-hmm. you may think you have a passion until you actually get into that yeah realm. no i'm happy with it because yeah. you know my one of my big things is not living with any regrets mm-hmm. and i'm not saying oh, i wish i would have tried yeah. this that and there yeah. so that's kind of my way of like figuring out what i really like what i'm really into what's really worth my time right and stuff and it keeps me busy because i hate having nothing to do uh-huh. i love being busy (laughs) and like running around like crazy like just being all over the place taking meetings having these projects sitting down putting the work in i don't know maybe i'm weird no you're not weird at all maybe i'm a freak i don't i don't think uh we would kind of be the people we are if we didn't think that way but i think i don't think that's like like a breed of person i think everyone is like that yeah deep down with their their own thing and i feel like when we talk about that and we're talking about it kind of in a scope of business or whatever, but it, I think that transfers to everything and to every interest that anybody has. And mm-hmm. if you can kind of dive into what it is that you really like, you can make whatever you want out of it. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, there's a niche for every niche. There is. And yep. like, I mean, don't want to get in any weird categories, but... <laughs> I mean, oh there's there's some there's some big groups no. out there. But, so I want to get some questions out of the way before we cool. before we do everything else. Cool. Um, what contributes most to success of these two things? Do you think it's more talent, or is it more hard work? I think it's both. Um, you have to have some sort of baseline, right? I mean, anyone can can learn how to sell, to sell. Um, however, you can't just if you don't have an it factor it's hard to get the it factor Mm -hmm. you can you can learn the sales techniques if you don't have the confidence if you don't have the assurance in yourself it's not going to be there Um, the it factor can be gained i believe i don't think you really you're born with it you a lot of people are born with the factor i mean i felt like i've always been pretty i don't think they are you don't think they are i don't think they are i think the it factor is the mindset and it's you, you don't get just born with the mindset i think that comes from either whoever raised you okay. or the work that you put in to teach yourself what the it factor really is. Okay. So here's, here's my perspective is I've always been told I have an it factor, mm-hmm. whatever that means, right? I've never thought I had an it factor. Yeah. Okay. People tell me all the time, oh, you just, you're, you, you have so much, you're so lucky or you're so this. In my mind, you're like, it's, I me. Don't, it's just me. I've never felt like I have an it factor, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. and, and honestly, I have... Um, my, my self-esteem is not self, self-esteem, I wouldn't say, but I, I don't look at myself as great, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always saying, how can I change this? How can I be better with this? I don't like this about me. I don't like this about me. How can I change this? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always doing that. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, just, it's so ingrained in yeah, you at this point. Yeah. Even though I look in the mirror sometimes, I'm like, and I work out a lot, right? And everyone tells me how great 
I, what do you what do you work out? And, mm-hmm. and in my mind, I'm like, I could do so much better than I am yeah, right now. Like, nah, yeah, calves, I like the way I calves look. Calves looking right a little now. soft. Like, calves always look soft. But that's <laughs> 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 uh, not gonna change. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's, it's the truth. Like you know, people always think you're people think you're more confident than you are, and I guess it's a good thing because you you can portray that mm-hmm. inside. It's it's, it's different. Uh, everyone everyone can act like they feel really good about themselves. Um, but how do you really feel about yourself, yeah. right? I feel like that's how most people are. I think like so if too. they get like a compliment or something, mm-hmm. like immediately they'll be like, nah. Yeah, I can't be real. You're trying to make me feel good. <laughs> uh, no, I should I should do this. Yeah, and I can uh-huh. do whatever. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm, I mean I see what you're saying. So you you think it's a little bit of both? I do, I do. I think it's both. I think mm-hmm. you, I think you have to learn some things, but I think you're you're also um, you, you're born with a lot as well. I, I really do. I mean, you don't, I know, but I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think you're born with a lot more than you think. I think it's the way you use it. Yeah. Um, some people are scared to use it, and that goes back to taking that jump, um, that leap. Mm-hmm. You're scared to use your, your talents because you're afraid of the failure. But yeah. You still have the talent. So what is your advice to people that want to take maybe that next step or the next leap? One, learn, learn what you want to do. Um, immerse yourself in it, like you said. Immerse yourself around people that know it. Immerse yourself in, in information, podcasts, Google, for crying sakes. I mean, you can just Google anything you want these days and find information about it. Mm-hmm. Immerse yourself in what you want and then take the jump. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, you have to take the jump and, and you have to be ready for failure. Uh, you will fail. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard the Steve Harvey thing too where you, you jump, you take the leap, and eventually your parachute will open. Yeah. The first couple of times it might not. Mm-hmm. eventually it will open yeah build it on the way down yeah yeah exactly eventually it'll open so just keep jumping until it opens if you could go back five years you go back five years in time and give yourself some advice first of all what were you doing five years ago i was living um i was getting ready to move to texas you were getting ready to move to texas from, from, illinois. from illinois from illinois from yeah. chicago mm-hmm. so you're getting ready to move to texas what advice would you give yourself then? Hmm. What were you like five years ago? Night and day different. Night and day different. I, you, I look at myself five years ago, ten years ago, even two years ago. Even, yeah, no, last yeah. year. For me, I, I changed so much. Um, five years ago, I was immature. Five years, years ago, I had a great business that my dad had given me that I hated. I was making a lot of money on it. You know, I was making $150,000 a year, you know, sitting at a desk. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, had no real responsibility and I looking back I could have made that a half a million dollar business in two years mm-hmm. if I just would have pushed myself to sell more but all I had was I had a business given to me and it was free money yeah now I might the me now would have been like how can I take this hundred and fifty thousand and make it a million point five a year yeah right this 10x is bad boy <laughs> yeah, there um, you go. and then I just didn't I, I was I was stuck in a rut where I thought um, the worst I, I was mis- I, I was like there's no way I can do anything better mm. right and the whole time now looking back I could have done so much to grow that and what it needed to be yeah uh, so what would your what would your advice have been wake up mm. wake up and, and do something with yourself um, don't be content to just sit here and get a paycheck yeah um, again that's that's where my passion project comes in now because I have a great paycheck with roofing but I'm not I don't want to be too content with what I have Right? No, I was content there and it got me nowhere. Mm-hmm. If I stay content on roofing, I'll go nowhere else. I'll just have that. Yeah. So same advice I would give myself now is what I would give myself five years ago. Just don't be content. Continue mm-hmm. to want to grow what you already have. 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think yeah. that's great. And and I don't want anyone listening to get it twisted. I'm the point of the what we're trying to make here is is not that you're not good enough mm-hmm. now or ever. It's that you are good enough, and you just need to start yeah. putting that to work because mm-hmm. you you have it in you. That's it. And I think a lot of people, and going back to what we were saying earlier, they don't believe in themselves and they don't think they can do it. But it's not that you're not good enough. It's just that you're not, you're not doing it yet. Everyone has a chance. And you're going to do it. You're going to do it now or you're going to do it in 10 years or 20 years Mm -hmm. or 30 years. But I mean, how long do you want to wait around until you realize I got it? That's it. It's a good feeling to know that too. Everyone's got it. I mean, if everyone felt that. Everyone's got it. You got it. You freaking got it. <laughs> you literally got up and did a four-hour DJ set. You got it. <laughs> I got it. I got it. God. No, it's, that's the truth. I, I love how you said that, honestly. Um, I hope people do listen to that because it's the truth. Don't, don't be afraid. I mean, you, you do have it. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of Jordan Year with me and Dustin Culp. I uh, really hope you guys liked it. Let me know if there was anything really interesting that you guys heard, um, anything that you guys really liked or that was really inspiring to you. Um, but really, I would like it if you guys shared the podcast or this episode or um, another episode that you guys liked as well, because I really want this to touch as many ears and as lives as possible because I want people to start making changes and I want this to make people think um, and I want people to be living better lives because of what they're hearing on this show. So I would really appreciate it if you guys shared it on your Instagram story or wherever people may see it. Um, But yeah, I've got a really great guest coming up, uh, Chef Fresh. I can't wait uh, for you guys to hear that. That one's amazing. He's a luxury baking company. Um, out of New York, and he'll be the next one up. But yeah, until next time, I'm Corey Mortensen, and this is the Jordan Year Podcast. Thanks.